What's going on everyone and welcome to the Work Prince Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. We're pretty much gonna talk spoilers. Um well, joining me this week is Jen. Hey, how's it going? And Christian. What's up everybody? And I'm your host Bilal. Um yeah, I think the last where we left off our heroes at the end of Avengers fin- Infinity War, everyone kinda died. I mean half the population of the universe died um I, I guess we never talked about this but like how did you guys feel about infinity war and where it left off uh, go ahead christian oh okay uh i was gonna say um i'm a big fan of tragedies so i actually really love the uh, the movie um the thanos and the epic snap heard around the universe um and i also like that they humanized his uh his motivation because Yes, he was messed up in the range, but you can kind of relate to him because you sort of understood what what uh what his intentions were. Um, so I I like the movie overall. I I praised it a lot more than other people. Uh, I know watched it. Yeah, I mean I liked the movie overall. Um, I thought that Thanos had a a good argument. I liked the. I guess you said to humanize him. I would say to just to give him that motivation was good. But I wouldn't quite say humanize because of what he did with Gamora and oh. with seeing what happened in Endgame and how difficult that decision was and how Thanos just made that decision and he seemed remorseful, but it was worth it, and I couldn't get past that. Like it, it his his motivations are still corrupt. I think. I think. I think for me, it's less about humanizing Thanos that they did in Infinity War, and it's more of they made a villain that actually has motivations I can understand besides being evil. Um, and they gave him enough of a backstory to warrant it, uh, in this case. Because I honestly can't recall many villain names from Marvel movies outside of a Loki. <laughs> and there's Ultron, but he's in the title of a movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, other than those two, I can't really recall anyone. I mean, I think I can, I think I can recall all of them that sounds like humble bragging but i think i could recall all of them but i don't think that i liked any of them as much as i liked what yeah. they did with thanos like black panther had a good villain um yeah what was his killmonger. Name? killmonger killmonger exactly yeah. see but i can't re- i can't pull up the names and i think that's the one thing uh marvel has always lacked in it's uh in, in the franchise like strong villains which dc has done a pretty good job of i think with nolan's movies and have they done a good job in their DC universe? Um, uh, which ones are we talking about? Because I don't think so. I don't think so. Any of them. Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash. None of them have good villains. I mean, yeah, so Flash I- is easy because it's just the opposite of him. Reverse Flash. Well, on the TV show, though. The TV shows are different because they have more time dedicated to expanding those villains. That's true. And even then, they still suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, um... Unless it's uh, unless it's uh, Deathstroke. 
Yeah, but I, th- I think the biggest challenge is for Marvel, it's like you make 21 movies, the 21st one being Infinity War, and you need to have it deliver this villain that they've been building up for so long. Um, much like Game of Thrones has built up the Night King for eight seasons, and they have to make sure they deliver, which, you know, they Boom. 100%, 100% nailed, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> love it. I like I it. it. So <laughs> I, I brought up this... Um, not to talk too much Game of Thrones since we if you guys want to hear more about the long night check out our previous podcast um but I would say if Thor had killed Thanos at the end of Infinity War if he had aimed for the head Mm -hmm. I probably would have felt the same way about Infinity War that I did about the long night like oh okay I guess Thanos was a villain which makes it really interesting because at the beginning of Endgame, our heroes kind of get together. They find out where Thanos is because he's used the Infinity Stones again. And they go after him and they kill him. Yes. Which fixes absolutely nothing. because well, he uses... They don't kill him. Thor kills Thor. him. <laughs> which Thor, is important. Yeah, yeah, it is important. Yeah. And yeah, it is very important. And I think, I think it, it really shocked me that they went this route like i i i had a feeling that time travel would be involved in endgame in one form or another i didn't expect it to go the way that it did i didn't expect them to kill thanos in the very beginning of this film uh and then live with the repercussions of his actions i thought they would like use time travel to go back before the snap and fix things so it's very i found it very interesting uh the way they went about this what did you guys think about the time heist? Oh, so, well, before we jump into the time heist, um, yeah. I think one of the, I think, most beautiful things about the uh, about that whole opening scene, besides the fact that, like, they gave us immediately what we thought we were going to build up to in the movie with the, uh, with the defeat of Thanos, using the whole team assembled, working together finally, and Thor delivering this angry killing blow that was very symbolic for, like, how his pent-up frustration with everything that happened to him. Um... But uh, what I really liked about the movie in terms of the shift in tone uh, was the the five years later. They do this really beautiful uh, cut cut scene or cut to where they, they say, oh, OK, five years later. But they slow the uh, the captions on it so that it's like a slow like roll of like five years. And it just you feel that pain of, OK, we thought we were saving the day. We totally screwed up and nothing nothing went according to plan because Thanos, while he was in this, you know, getaway, uh, unsna- or he snapped to undo the Infinity, Infinity Stones themselves in that timeline. So, like, pretty much at this point, he, he sealed the deal. The Avengers lost everything. Like, there was no way of going back. And when you see that, like, five-year gap, it kind of just breaks your heart because, like, not only do they lose, but it's been a long time now since they have lost. Yeah, and I think one of... One of the things that I I just realized now just talking about this conversation is uh, how much Thanos was ready to die because one snap messed him up. Uh, I think you can see that at the end of Infinity War. Like, it's just his arm is just done for. And then a second, by the time we see Thanos again in the beginning of the film, he is, like, limping. Uh, it just looks like this dude is just struggling to walk and everyone shows up and quite easily wrecks him. But this is a man that, is he, yeah, I think man is correct. Uh, like, this is a guy that's just ready to accept fate. He did what he set out to do. He's happy with everything he has accomplished, as cruel as it was. 
but he's ready to make, meet his maker, which uh, he does at the, at the Thor's axe. And then we, I think that's a, as you said, it's a perfect lead into this five years later of this like dark, gripping view of the world. I mean that this first hour of the film is absolutely devastating, um, on like mm-hmm. an emotional level to watch. Yeah, I think. I think even more than that is that because Infinity War it ended the way that it did with such heartbreak and devastation, like you you left Infinity War going, oh my goodness, what? And so, but because it's been so long, and it like it hasn't been that long; it's been a year, but it felt like it it had been forever since Infinity War came out. Mm-hmm. So they had to kind of remind us with the movie how high the stakes were and how much everybody has suffered because you'd kind of come to grips with the people who were snapped and then you know I don't know if it felt this way to you guys or not but like for me it was like okay well obviously they're bringing them back you know they're yeah. they're, they're bringing back the snapped heroes <laughs> Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man has a movie coming out like yeah. yeah you guys debuted far from home um a month before the movie released I know you're bringing these snapped heroes back. So they had to then up that ante a little bit by showing us how low these remaining heroes had to go and how much they had to climb to get back to it. Yeah, and I have to give uh, props to some of the actors in between these movies um, of just, like, staying in character for even though it was obvious that sequels were coming, especially, like, Chadwick Boseman, where, um, my wife always brings this up, uh, she brought it up recently, where he's being asked all these questions about, like, Black Panther 2, about Endgame, and his, Chadwick Boseman's responses the entire time, but I'm, my character is dead. I'm dead. (laughs) Over and over again. Yeah, he's, Uh, that's, that's the, um, Marvel equivalent of, I'm only here so I don't get fined. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, what were your thoughts on the first hour? I mean, like, we, I think the movie opens on Hawkeye with Clint, with his family. Um, you know, he's teaching his daughter how to fire uh, a bow. Mm-hmm. And then the snap happens, and all of them are gone. And we kind of see this transformation of him into from Hawkeye into Ronin, just this vigilante that is out in the world, just killing everyone he just doesn't seem fit to have survived the snap. I think we encounter him as Ronan first in Japan, was it? No, we heard rumors of him in, like, Mexico taking yeah. out um, members of the cartel. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, it seems that he is not just killing people to kill them because they survived the snapture, but he's killing the bad guys who survived. Like, these are people who were deemed worthy, I guess, to survive the snapture and children were snapped away. Are you kidding? Like mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna let these mob bosses and uh you know, members of, of gangs survive? No, I'm gonna kill them. Yeah, Thanos um, is a equal opportunity apocalypse provider. I mean That's true. I mean he did say true. everyone was completely random, so So oh, can, uh, can, I, can I just point out one thing about that randomness? Hmm? Um, I, do you guys r- remember on Reddit a, a little bit after Infinity War they made this snapping um, subreddit where you joined it and if it was randomly chosen 
uh, you get thrown into um, the soul stone if you get snapped or not. Yeah. And there's a scene uh, after the five years later portion where it's capped in like a support group, and I think believe it's Joe Russo, one of the um, Russo, Russo brothers. brothers. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, talking about like this date he went on. He was actually the one Russo brother to survive that snap from Reddit. Uh, well, the other one did it, and I thought oh, that was awesome. a really fun Easter egg. <laughs> I there's a, so many great Easter eggs in this for the Russos, but we'll I guess get into that later. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're we're talking about Hawkeye. So yeah. uh, I'm gonna sound like a terrible person here. I don't like Hawkeye. Like I was sad, of course, in that introduction sequence where he sees his family and where well, they well, he doesn't see them. They they're gone. Like that's sad. But I just didn't feel for him i didn't have i don't have that connection to his character i was honestly legit distracted by that terrible uh mongoose on his head the entire movie so like i just i don't know if it's jeremy renner that i can't connect to or what but like i just didn't care (laughs) jen honestly i'm glad you said that because I love Hawkeye in the comic books, and I love him in the... Yeah, uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is amazing. Yeah, and the Hawkeye in, like, the, even the animated series, for, I think, for... They did a couple Avengers uh, takes on, like, Disney and such. But um, as much as I love Jeremy Renner, uh, <sighs> something about the storyline just didn't click with me. I just felt it was not fully developed, but he did enough offensive things where we could say, okay, now you're, like, this evil vigilante redemption type of arc thing that kind of pushed his storyline for this movie but i i also was not the biggest fan of it i think it was just enough to get the point across but not enough for me to really care that much you know so i think the problem with hawkeye is i think something jen you mentioned to me before we did our game of thrones podcast last week about black widow where these we have these two characters that just have not had much background but we've come to enjoy slash like just because of moments they have in movies like Hawkeye's entire role in Avengers the first Avengers movie he was brainwashed and then he has some hero poses and like that nice long take the first Avengers he has more time to shine in Age of Ultron and then he's gone I mean this is the first time we see him since then there's references to him in Civil War um I believe Oh no, he's What's in Civil he, War, isn't he? Is he in yeah. Civil War? Yeah, he and uh, Black Widow duke it out oh, in the yeah. airport scene. That, that's right. We get yeah. some mention of that, and there is um, it, he introduces himself to Black Panther. That's right, and he's yeah. like, "I don't need to know your name." <laughs> but another Easter egg later in this movie, he does. Um, yeah, yeah. The child does acknowledge him as Clint. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like they're not much. They're not much of characters. Um, there's not much to him, like. I think the the family angle is something that we're supposed to connect with. I, I, I mean, it's enough for me to understand why he becomes a vigilante, why he's full of anger. But I think the m- most I know about him outside of his family is that there was a mission with him and um, Black Widow in Budapest that they keep referencing and that will likely serve as the Black Widow movie's premise. So I think with totally. Hawkeye, it's that like he's just so bland. Right, like there's no there's no personality added to him. Every single one of his lines is delivered with the same tone, and so it just you just can't connect to a cardboard cutout of a hero when you've got characters that have these very distinct personalities standing next to him. 
And so it just makes him just vanilla pudding by contrast. But he had a dope costume. And he's really awesome at firing arrows, guys. Like, all the Hawkeye problems aside, he looks awesome when he takes stuff down with those things. But, like, uh, do you think that... Uh, like, I understand uh, there, there's some of that. Like, I've read some of Matt Fraction's Hawkeye run before I canceled my Marvel Unlimited subscription. Like, I do feel like there is a bit of... I, I Like, as a viewer I or in a Marvel fan, I've put these aspects onto these characters that maybe the movies themselves don't do, but it comes from within, like, the fandom, from the, the actors' interactions. Uh, like, I feel more of an attachment to some of these characters more than what's been warranted off screen like do you oh for sure for sure like there's there's a whole reason why i love like looks and acting ability alone and what was given in the movie is not really the captain marvel that i feel like i know but Mm -hmm. i adore brie larson so like because of that and because of her personality outside of the movies i totally project a lot of that onto Carol Danvers as a character, and that translates accordingly on screen for me. Yeah, if that's uh, if that's the reference you're making, that's yeah, to. yeah, no, hundred percent. And like, so I think it, it, there's just aspects for like Hawkeye that like, and even Black Widow that I just I'm more I'm more easily forgive. Oh, as uh, I guess over the years because there's been just like a lack of you f- you forgive them for that. I'm not okay. Not forgive, but like I, I guess I forgive in terms of storytelling, not as like you get a pass. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Uh, as a Marvel fan, like a really big Marvel fanboy, who's just embraced it since he was little, it's hard for me to be uh, non-biased with these characterizations because I just I'm just happy seeing them on screen, honestly. So uh, I can't really say much except that I kind of love everyone. A lot. Oh, gosh. We are different people, Christian. Different, <laughs> different people. I'm glad we have a thing that separates us there. But, yeah. 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 Uh, like, my issues, like, I had some minor issues with this. And I know, Jen, you're going to be completely opposite than what you have. Because I know you have a lot of issues with how some of the characters are portrayed or not portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and but for me, a lot of this revolves around the time heist and time travel. Like, those were where my issues come in. Um, Christian, do you have any issues with this movie? Oh my god, so I was waiting to bring this up because I wasn't sure when that was organically going to come into the conversation. But, so, it was weird. When I when the Game of Thrones episode, which we talked about uh, a mm-hmm. couple days ago, and this came out around the same time... Uh, Wait, should we... Hmm? Okay, I'm just going to say this now. Um... Game of Thrones spoilers, because I feel like... Oh, it, I wasn't going to mention any spoilers. Okay, I, I'm, I'm yeah. just going to say, because I might, I might make correlations, so <laughs> if you're not caught up on Game of Thrones up to Season 8, Episode 3, there, there may be spoilers up ahead, so I okay. just to cover our bases. Okay. Um, but this was coming around the same time, and the hype for both was crazy, because for good reason, because it's, you know, the, the biggest TV show, the biggest movie franchise, and uh, I think... I think for Game of Thrones, my expectations were very low because of the past two seasons. But for this, for Endgame, the only problem I had with the movie was it was so hyped. I kept reading reviews saying this is the perfect superhero movie. This is the greatest thing ever made. Like, um, 10 out of 10, people who hated Marvel loved this movie. So I went into this expecting the greatest superhero thing I've ever seen. 
Um, and because of that, my expectations were totally dashed. Um, yeah, I would give it like a 9.3 out of 10, but I went in expecting like a 9.8 out of 10. And there's only one real thing that stood out uh, that kind of lowered the rating of this movie for me, and that was the time travel issue. Mm-hmm. Um, as a screenwriter and somebody who's actually created a, a TV show about time travel, which I can't really release any more information about than that, um, time travel is really frustrating. Getting the continuity is re- correct is hard. Um, and in this movie, I think they did it to an extent where it's, like, enjoyable and, like, emotionally you can connect. But in it, terms of the science, it's just not there. Yeah, it it works from an entertainment standpoint, but the moment you begin to start thinking about it is the moment where it just starts becoming frustrating. Um, I, I think it... I, comparing it to Game of Thrones, in this case, it's like in Game of Thrones you have... Like the episode itself, the long night was something fun to watch. But as soon as we started discussing it all together, like I think we kind of tore it down uh, in that last episode. But when it comes to Endgame, the entire thing, like I, I, looking at it full picture, I enjoyed like ninety nine percent of that movie. Uh, no, 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 probably like a hundred percent of that movie. But I do have minor issues that don't affect it overall. Um, I would like to see them. At, like attempt to address some of these time heist issues um or just timeline issues because there's a lot spoiler alert they're not going to no we can totally talk about well yeah we'll we'll, we'll talk about it but i think uh you have something to add no i don't no i'm saying i don't think they're going to address these time heist issues i think that they nope we did it it's done we are moving forward everything else is under the rug nope we are not going to try to explain it because um it would hurt our brains to try to explain it because we don't even know yeah see i disagree with you there because i think that they're gonna do the disney plus stuff to explain it but that's yeah yeah see i think i think when you try to explain that stuff more you dig your hole deeper especially when it comes to time travel the more you try to explain it, the more complicated it gets, and then you're just now, you're staring up out of the hole that you're in. I agree, okay. with the exception of the movie Primer, I have never really seen a time travel movie that made sense to me. Not, not Looper? No, no, there's, there are holes in that kind of too, but well, okay. it's not tangent, because <laughs> okay. uh, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yes, so, so um, for- can you uh, take... For me, the time travel stuff was not as big a deal. Like, I will check out of trying to understand that because I know that for me personally, if I try to think about it too much, my brain will explode and hurt. And I'm just not there for that kind of thought. Um, I like looking at the character side of things. And so for me, it was interesting to watch all the different time travel and how they looked at scenes that we've already seen from different perspectives. Uh, the attack on New York. And then I loved watching Nebula and Rhodey make fun of Star-Lord. Oh my um, god, it was so good. <laughs> I mean, so just, funny. just because... So, I think the, a lot of the great things that they do with the time travel, like in this case, like going back... It, it, one, it's like a love letter, and two, it's like you get to like reevaluate these scenes and, ha- as you said, like how far these characters have gone. So like, especially like the Nebula and Rhodey scene, where like that opening for Guardians of the Galaxies is awesome when you watch it. When you watch it from their perspective, it's just freaking hilarious. <laughs> right, you don't like hear the music. <laughs> he's already kind of the punching bag 
because of what happened in Infinity War. And then that was just right to the gut there. Like, they just stabbed him in the kidney with that move. And yeah. it was delightful. I mean, and I loved, you know, uh, Bruce Banner going to uh, the Ancient One and asking for the time stone, or asking for Doctor Strange. And she's like, oh, Stephen Strange? That uh, world-renowned surgeon who, he's not coming here for another five years. So you're going to need to come back. See, I love... Um, like, I just thought that, that was hilarious. It was, it was totally. I love the Bruce Banner scene where he sees his old self. He's like, oh, that was me <laughs> when I was always angry. And so he just, because he's trying to camouflage, he's just pretending to flip stuff. And you can see he's just, like, not into this anger <laughs> thing at all. Oh, smash. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it's so good. Like, I mean, I just I love the idea that um, Thanos hit Hulk, beat him so badly that he forced Bruce Banner and the Hulk to get along. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, yeah. It, it was interesting to see because, like, I think the leak, the leak of like a combined Bruce Banner slash Hulk, I think came out of the Funko Pops, uh, and uh, some of the marketing and uh, posters themselves because you saw. Hulk in it, but it was in the usual Hulk. Uh, you would see it kind of had more human definitions, um, from at least from what I had seen, like through all the marketing and the uh, merchandise that was put out. So, but <laughs> I, I think it plays really well that um, and more of what they want to do with the Hulk in the future. I think he's taking more of a beast esque uh, from the X Men uh, role this time around. He like. He can step in where needed, but he is more of a researcher. Stuff like that. Wholeheartedly agree. I like that everyone's kind of taking a step back for different reasons, you know? Yeah. And his is totally that. I love, I hate to say it, but like Thor is my favorite character after all of this kind of happening. And the way that he takes a step back is kind of awesome to me with, you know, getting overweight and kind of just being this sad dude who's just, just kind of chill. <laughs> So, I like the idea behind that. I like the idea that for Thor, he's so broken by the events of both Ragnarok and then Infinity War that, like, he built himself back up to be this hero who he didn't need to have Mjolnir and he, you know, was going to save his people. Like, the start of Infinity War, he had already lost half of Asgard. He had lost his home and then he loses his brother and his best so friend his yeah. best friend and so you know he's already going into this fight with a whole lot of anger and a whole lot to prove and then he loses again mm -hmm. and so he just he can't save everyone he's dejected he becomes fat and defeated and well, is playing Fortnite with children don't and forget, too, so, the snap eliminated half the survivors of whatever was left, too. So, yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it's 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 dark times for Asgardians, especially for Thor, who feels like he has to protect them. But I didn't like that they took that. They took this thing that could have been very serious and it could have been like a good look at like. I don't want to I don't want to get like really preachy here, but like mental illness and depression and why these things happen and how it impacts certain people. Like, even somebody as strong as Thor, who is the god of thunder, feels helpless and depressed. 
and instead he just became a three-hour fat joke. I I don't think he became a three-hour... I think he became a three-hour fat joke. I think that, like, outside of the little bit of fighting that he did in that final battle, everything that he did was supposed to be him in a fat suit. This is hilarious. But I think it also... His personality also changes completely as he's going through this depression. I think the cheese whiz line was a fat joke. Yes. Uh, from Rhodey. But uh, who... His his character and demeanor changed as well um, to a point where everyone that is trying to... They have this plan. Like, Scott shows up. He's like, we can go into the quantum realm. Uh, like, I was only there for five hours, but five years passed, so there must be a way to go back in time using the quantum realm. So everybody's working together on this, and in the meantime, Thor shows up, and isn't as helpful. Like, yeah, he's not a scientist, but he's just kind of day drinking, and, like, even when it's his turn to explain the Infinity Stones, like, he's not 100% um, prepared. He's kind of like that football player who is talking about his high school glory days yes and it's his t- time to present and i get that that is linked to depression and they could have leaned more into the depression that he was going through um 100 i agree with that they, they could have played that much better but I, I i don't like i think it would have been played more as a fat joke if at any point in that movie he was like he used his powers to become back in shape or thin again uh like, you know, this is a serious story. I do like that they kept him fat throughout because that wasn't what I was expecting. I was expecting him to get back in shape through a lightning strike of some I kind of, I was expecting that too. Yeah. yeah, but like, I like that he goes up against Thanos and his army and he's still fat. Like, you mm-hmm. know, a- after everything he's been through, like he sees his shot and he like steps up and now at the end, like at the end of Thor's journey, at the end of Endgame, like we see him like on his, he's, uh, he's I think on the, beginning steps of his recovery from this depression trying to work through and trying to find out who he is um not as a king but just thor like who is thor oh absolutely and like i that's kind of why i I liked it so much because he was finally kind of just acknowledging all the loss that he suffered and he couldn't you know he like he needed his mom he needed all these things to kind of distract him everything even though they knew that they had this big mission to accomplish everything just reminded like him about how miserable his life has become how much he lost and for me the comedy didn't come from the fat shaming it came from the fact that thor couldn't handle the emotions and so he would just divulge in indulgence yes like he'd drink and eat but then he he, more importantly that he would like cry he would avoid doing the things that he needed to do he would kind of just remember the things that sucked and i don't know for so i i relate to that (laughs) which is not a good thing but yeah like i I, mean i i I will say that the stuff with Thor and his mom was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, quick question, because, um... So, part of this movie has Thor go back to Asgard in 2013 during the events of... Was it the Dark World? Mm-hmm. And to get the... And so, him and Rocket are going to steal the Aether from Jane Foster when she's possessed by it. So, we were having this discussion. Was that... Was Rocket kind of edited into this movie? Or did they actually bring back... Um, oh god, Natalie Portman for those scenes. No, they used um, unused footage from the Dark War world, and then just had her do voiceover. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, because I know she left um the franchise. And I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. blame her either. Um, 
but well, she was severely yeah, was... underused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and like Natalie the... Portman, y'all. Yeah. How do you underuse Natalie Portman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, yeah. Okay, think... so yeah, go ahead. Since we're just gonna go ahead and talk about this character arcs, character arcs, yeah, what well, you like when we did it. Hawkeye uh, and Thor. I want to talk about Black Widow. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like they kind of did Black Widow dirty, and in the same vein as Hawkeye, she hasn't had much. Like, she's been in more movies than Hawkeye. She's kind of this constant figure, and in Endgame, she's the one who stands up, and even though she doesn't want to, she takes charge of the whole Avengers situation. Like, she's the one running the operations. She's the one, you know, sending um, Captain Marvel and all of the other heroes out to, like, see what the situation is. And um, I really liked that for her. And I was really devastated that they killed her that way. That it was it was her or Hawkeye. Oh no, hold one hundred percent agree with you because I that scene honestly broke my heart. Mostly because I finally got to see her as like the heart of the team and and pulling everyone together yeah. and stuff and doing really awesome things. And I I really didn't expect that to happen. And I agree with you one hundred percent. I really wish they did her character like better. And I hope that the movie that comes out gives her more to do. Honestly, because that kind of annoyed me. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like you think about it, she finally had this purpose with leading the Avengers. And you could see that, okay, this could be her place. Like, this could be her. Leading the Avengers, being that figure for them, and then for her to kind of go, well, I'm the expendable one. You have a family. It broke my heart that she genuinely feels that way about herself. Yeah. And and the, the, the really just terrible part of me was like oh but it's like it's clint barton like do we really care like i know it's terrible but like it was like you know you're worth more to the avengers than he is though 100 percent agree i felt exactly the same way go ahead need you a little bit more than we need hawkeye so um can you just not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm 100 percent agree with both of you on this i when this scene happened i was like oh they'll just kill clint they'll bring him back using the stones at some point when they bring back everyone and then he'll have his uh, disney plus series and then it was black widow and i was like oh shit this is this is kind of fucked up and i'm, per- I'm pretty sure there's gonna be some, some outrage about this but there isn't yeah and i don't know why there are not more people upset about this like there are all these in memoriams about Cap and Tony, and Cap is still alive. Let's be honest, okay? And well, Black Widow's like not even getting mentioned. I'm pretty sure Cap can live another fifty years with how slow he ages, um, <laughs> before he actually croaks. So, I, you know, I don't worry. He doesn't deserve no memoriam. But what's really frustrating about that scene too is like. She chose it. That's the part that really yeah. infuriated me. It's not that she not only did it, she fought tooth and nail to do it to herself. It's like, WTF, guys, come on. 
Really? She, but like it, that's that's the the level of broken that she is, you know. And so, and there's a part of me that goes, yeah, of course she did that because she hasn't felt important to this group at all. Like, there's a part of me that, when watching that, was like, you know, I feel like this is like seventy five percent Scarlett Johansson and twenty five percent Black Widow because y'all motherfuckers have not appreciated her at all so yeah she's gonna throw herself off the cliff and kill herself and be done with this nonsense and move on but so my thing is though how did they do a black widow movie now so i have a theory that sounds insane um if you guys want to hear it uh always sure so the black widow movie will be a prequel and it will like to touch upon her origin okay hear me out touch upon her origin how she meets Clint and like that mission in Budapest. We'll get that, and then the credits will roll. Uh, there might be some like her adjusting to her normal life. Maybe like the credit scene will be how she ends up in like the in Shield, and then at the post credit scene, will be go back to the field where Hulk snaps his fingers with the gauntlet uh, to bring everyone back because he told Tony he he tried with all his heart to bring her back. But he couldn't. But why would she appear on Earth? She would appear back on Vormir. So I think the after credit sequence of the Black Widow movie <laughs> will be uh, Scarlett Johansson just like awakening in that pool of water in Vormir and like hunting r- those little squirrel things as like food. Because they made a point of showing some wildlife on that planet. And the only reason I can think of that is because she's going to need something to eat. <laughs> I. I. Oh gosh. I, I mean, <laughs> that I sounds have crazy. So but many thoughts for you. I'm just gonna give you a few of them, though. Um, I'll take them all. <laughs> so I don't think that's gonna happen because I think the nature of the Soul Stone is that you can't bring a person back from it. Like you can't bring Gamora back. Um, you wouldn't be able yeah. to bring Natasha back either. Yeah. And so I think that there are really two options for this Black Widow movie. Either it's a prequel, like you've said, which is the most likely option, which would infuriate me, because how are you going to start the next phase of the MCU with a fucking prequel? Um, or it's going to be some just terrible search through the Soul Stone to bring her back. Like this trip into Hades and just retrieving her with I don't know Bruce and Clint and then it's not even really a movie about her so like I just I don't know how they do this movie now I'm telling you it's 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 my idea it's a very specific idea I give you props for that for the creativity I, I, why else would they show a little squirrel creature but because it's an I don't know because it's a world it has to be inhabited by some I don't know <laughs> because they I, have to show that you can breathe oxygen. They didn't need to wear helmets. She needs sustenance, and it's still squirrel. Okay. All right, honey. My theory about the Black Widow movie is, besides the fact, like, I don't have a clue, is uh, Timeline B. But I'm going to talk about Timeline B when we talk about Captain America, and I'm going to complain a lot. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> so, so, question. Yeah. If you bring back the soul stone to Vormir what exactly are you doing so uh, I like, 
are you just dropping it off the edge and you just have to sacrifice it? Like, I don't understand how that works. I feel like it's take a penny, leave a penny. Like, I took the soul stone, I left, like, Thanos left Gamora. But if he was to return the soul stone, does he get Gamora back? Like, like that's how I would see it works. Uh, no, I see, I don't think it's like that. I think it's, I think it's, okay, you paid for the transaction with this soul. No, you don't. had access to this premium infinity zone service for a month if you would like to renew this subscription please <laughs> sacrifice another soul like i think that's how it works you're not getting your money back for last month see here well, then, like uh. why wouldn't they be able to bring her back then with the soul stone like what's the purpose of the soul stone i think it's kind of like a you it's it's like a it's like a a genie in the lamp situation you can't wish for more wishes so my theory with how that's going to return because I don't really see a, a solution either, is um, it has to do with Captain America and his relationship to the Red Skull, who's going to be the guardian of that stone, and going to lead to a whole lot of friction, and potentially its own type of comic bookish story that we'll never really get the full details of. I, my, my theory is literally when Cap had to put the stones back, he took a very, very, very long time, because I don't see it really working out any other way. You know, yeah. Cap probably put a message on the back of that shield going, Black Widow is alive. <laughs> Send Clint and the Hulk <laughs> to go save her. Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that, I think that Loki, Loki being alive is, is a definite, right? Like, he's, he's definitely alive because of how he was killed. But because of the way that Gamora and Natasha were killed, I don't think that they come back. I but don't think that they can. So the original Gamora would not come back because her entire timeline has changed. You're right. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't think we get that Gamora back. I don't think that Gamora exists in this. No, she does. Fuck. See, that's why I'm saying there's two timelines, and it's I blame Loki getting the Tesseract and Captain America kind of yellowing on his happy lay ever after ending. Well, and, and so the problem, the problem I have, so this is one of the things that, uh, issues I have with this storyline, especially with Loki. Uh, so the time heist, uh, as we've mentioned, brings the characters, um, to three different timelines. What was it? Clint and Natasha go with Rhodey and, uh, Nebula to space in 2014 mm -hmm. to, so... Rhodey and Nebula are on Morag, where Quill gets the Power Stone. And Nebula and no, Clint and uh, Clint Natasha. Natasha are on Vormir to get the Soul Stone, not knowing the price. You know, that's kind of messed up on Nebula. Not to mention um, to them that one of them would have to sacrifice themselves. Um, that's a good point. That's a pretty good point. Um, and then we have. Bruce Banner, uh, Steve Rogers, Scott Lang, and uh, Tony Stark go back to New York City in 2012 because three stones are available during the invasion of New York. Uh, one of them being the Tesseract, the other one being the Mind Stone in um, Loki's um, scepter, mm -hmm. and the third one being the Space Stone, which they believed was with um, oh, no, not the... The, the Reality Stone. Is it? Oh, no, no, it's the time stone, guys. The time stone. With, the time uh, stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. 
Which one's the re- reality stone is? The Aether, I believe, right? Aether. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they decide to go back to 10. And then in attempts to um, get the Tesseract, uh, Tony and Scott me- and Cap mess up to a degree that Lo- the Loki that was defeated and captured at the end of the original Avengers movie gets his hands on the Tesseract and uses it to just dip out. And which makes us believe that, you know, he's still alive somewhere out there, that uh, he changes his timeline. But because of that, it also changes the fact that he's not in Thor the Dark World, um, I'm guessing, so he doesn't change his timeline. So that his timeline changes there. He's probably not in, in the events of Ragnarok. So, like, what exactly, if he's still alive, how do those Gosh, events I don't know place? why you were trying to answer these questions. No, but it, 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 it's, it's a big... It's a, I have it's an a, answer for you. Causality matters. Oh, no, absolutely. Causality but here's matters. here's here's my answer. Um, he's going to do his Loki TV series for Disney+. Plus, With that little yeah. thing. That That's what he's doing. Oh, and then oh, also, uh, here's something... Because uh, I was talking... golden t- ticket. Basically. <laughs> I was talking to a friend about it, and uh, one of the things that the Rooster Brothers were saying was like, oh, yeah, we planned a lot of these things... In advance, and I'm like, no, you didn't. Um, but well, what's up? I, I I can buy it from them because they plan everything in this universe ahead of time. Yeah. Besides the Inhumans, but um. Hmm. But from so like from what I understand, they they set up enough in this world where their kind of solution to these plot holes are that they're only holes so long as nobody fixes them at some point in time, and you have one person who's existing. In time travel situation, a time travel like situation, which is again why I hate the Captain America thing because it's Captain America. We don't know what happened in that time period, but in that weird returning the stone adventure that he's on, besides you know getting his happy ending, he could have also fixed all these plot holes while still having their own stories in the holes themselves. If that makes any sort of sense, because otherwise, how else did he end up at the ends? Unless he somehow fixed reality and made it happy for him in some weird way, you know. It hurts my brain. That—that's yeah. why I really didn't like that ending. I mean, just not the ending itself, just the Captain America, the thing at the end with him. So, so, do you actually think he married Peggy and was the unnamed husband this entire time? Because that's part what of they me, implied, yeah. But I didn't mean, she that, have kids and stuff too? Yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't feel like he married her. Like I. As weird as that sounds, you no, think absolutely. that he just like had an affair with her for no? I, I couple think he decades? had that da- he had that dance. Maybe they tried something, but it was too risky. But I I don't know. But like, why would you keep photos of him on his desk all those years later? You know, like in the seventies. Um, apparently, there's like a reference too that apparent uh, Captain America saved her husband. That doesn't really make sense for her to talk about himself in the different. Per- so. I don't know. <laughs> So my theory is that she did get married and she had kids and then her husband died and then Steve goes back. Oh. So Steve goes back after her husband has already passed away. So then it kind of negates, like, he may have saved her husband when he was, like, Captain America in the 40s, but, and then she met him and whatever, um... And then he goes back to the 70s to return the stone, meets her there. He's already passed away. She's already had her kids. And then they grow old together. I this really why like Agent your version. Carter was canceled? What's that? 
Is this why Agent Carter was canceled? Agent Carter was canceled because the people who were in charge of that are terrible monsters. <laughs> it was canceled because Steve Rogers was secretly her husband that they didn't want us to know about. Yeah, I really don't want that to be the case because he kisses his niece if that's the case. Yeah, it's, that makes me uncomfortable. Oh that's the first God. thing I yeah. thought of at the end of the movie. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. This is disgusting. We are now in Game of Thrones. <laughs> See, I told you we should have done a, co- a podcast about both because it made more sense, and now you brought it up. Ugh. You made the connection. Yeah, Honestly, Jen, I hope your version's the right version because that sounds awesome. What I think actually happened sounds disgusting. Well, isn't Disney also working on, like, a What If um, series for Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Like a Marvel What If? I don't know. I mean, if you're, if you're going by, like, uh, Agent Carter and stuff, at the end of season two of Agent Carter, uh, Peggy ends up with Sousa. So, and he's, he has a crippled leg, so I assume that he also has other health issues, hmm. which would make sense there. So she killed him once Steve showed up. Right, yeah, like she just <laughs> took his cane and beat him yeah. with it was like, all and right, like, you're out health, of the picture. Health complications, don't yeah. ask. Oh, God. She, she, she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She got. She has tools. Oh, my God, Peggy Carter is dark. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, how did you guys oh. feel overall about the Cap stuff? Because I keep complaining about it. Um, oh, I loved it. You loved I it? Loved, I, loved, I it. loved all the Cap stuff. Okay. I... Yeah, I thought he was funny. I thought he had the best moments in the movie. Okay. Him yeah. using Mjolnir was, that was phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my god! Um, the humor that he that he brings to the movie was completely unexpected. You know, the America's ass. <laughs> sure, that that is America's ass. And then when he's fighting the younger version of himself, and he's I could do this all day. And he's just like, yeah, He's, he's I like, know. all right, I get it. Okay, God, you're irritating. I can't believe I was this person. You know, like he's, and I think that that's part of it too, right? Like with, with Cap, that's, that's that kind of unspoken growth in his character because when we see him in the first Avengers movie, he is the quintessential Boy Scout. He is the, there is good or bad. There is black and white. There is like, you know, you're either, uh, like, you're right fighting, wrong. you're fighting, for, yeah, right and wrong. Like, there there was no middle ground for a lot of his things, and that was part of the conflict between him and Tony. And so, as he's aged, he's grown to learn that, you know, there are people like Loki and Black Widow who have these darker pasts but can still be forces for good and can still turn to be better people, and we should still believe in them and support them. And so, and I think that that growth in his character is what makes him worthy for Mjolnir. And yeah. I really liked that. You know, it's funny that you, like, mentioned that, like, how much of a Boy Scout he was in the beginning. Because, like, I was, I just thought of the question, like, in Avengers 1, I'm pretty, like, cap as he was i'm pretty sure he would have signed the sokovia accords oh yeah definitely Uh, and like because of the events of uh winter soldier like he had to change drastically with the world um as he's now seeing it like it's not all black and white Mm -hmm. man he has grown but uh (laughs) they all have grown but he definitely grew i think the most yeah and like oh my god the scene 
with Molnir, uh, like Jen, as you mentioned, it's it's something that you know they planted back in Age of Ultron with Thor, uh, <laughs> that party scene with the hammer mm-hmm. where he shakes it a bit, and like wh- when that hammer falls out of frame, like and they kind of like land on it, and then Thanos is strangling Thor at the end. I was like, I know where this is going, <laughs> and as soon as you see the hammer zoom and it's in Cap's hand, and like, can we just talk about how well? He wields that hammer like yeah. professional. Yeah, I think he's used it better than Thor has in most situations. <laughs> I mean, his his normal weapon is a shield. You know, like it's not a it's not a common weapon to to attack people with. Like it's a defensive weapon. Yeah, and so for him to use the shield the way that he does, like, yeah, okay, a hammer is nothing. You know. Plus, you've seen well, Thor like, use it a million times, and he's, he's a quick too. learner. It's Cap, and and you know Wasn't Thor is like, like a lightning? pompous jerk with the the hammer. Yeah, yeah. he's constantly swinging yeah. that hammer around, so he's watched him do it a billion times. Yeah, but oh man, so I I think one of my favorite shots in this entire movie involves Cap, and it's that scene of like where he's standing outside the destroyed Avengers compound, and Thanos' entire army, yes, like, with the ships and everything, just shows up and i was like oh my god they're going to kill cap it's a like, painting dude that shot that that is no, yeah that that is like a renaissance painting yeah, there with I, just cap against the entire army I, yeah. that is a phenomenal yeah. shot yeah i'm trying to remember um it's alex ross do you guys know alex ross uh from uh uh hulk right no no uh, uh oh I, i'm not sure what he's worked on but like and every time I'm at New York Comic Con or San Diego Comic Con, he has this booth. It's just like white carpets, like these white walls, and they're like these paintings he has on display. Um, and you know, when you walk into that area, you're, you need serious cash to buy anything. And like that scene, I was like, I don't, if I ever see this hanging in Alex Ross like uh, booth. I will ask them how much it is and then call my bank and be like, hello, I need the loan because this is beautiful and I need it. Because it, it's absolutely gorgeous, mm-hmm. that scene. But, oh, speaking of that scene, I have issues. With what? Um, so, the way Thanos ends up coming into the 20... What year are we in in Avengers? Uh, current? No, no, current? no, 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 no. It wouldn't. I'm... There's a five-year well, skip. The, yeah, so whatever the current, yeah, whatever the five years uh, later thing is, um, they basically take Nebula's return uh, Pym particles, and they give it to Thanos, and then Nebula summons him in with a ship. Yeah. Uh, when he's in the ship. Fine. You bring your ship with you. But where the hell did Thanos' armies come from? The ship. They're all in the ship, apparently. That ship's not big enough for all that. That was a really big ship, dude. Look at it again. It's huge. It held his entire army? Yeah. At least that's... I think that's the logic behind it. Because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Because I, I think that's the one part where they, like, really messed up uh, the pin Particle stuff. But I was just sat there and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because they have these giant whales coming and there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, well, she pulled him yeah. from, like, the New York side, too. So, like, they had... No, no, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I stopped trying it's it's a it's a minor thing for a really cool battle <laughs> yeah um are there any other characters you guys want to talk about or quickly touch upon i think for me i was shocked with how much ant-man and uh, nebula had to do in this movie 
Nebula was amazing in this movie, in my opinion. I think, like, I didn't consider her a major player uh, for the most part, but she definitely came to the forefront. Man, you should have had conversations with me before this movie released, because I was screaming from the rooftops, Nebula's going to be the one that does it. It's going to be Nebula, because in the comic book, she's the one that takes down Thanos first. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and as his daughter, she has this insight into his character. And that's what is kind of frustrating for me, because she was really, for the most part through this movie, the sole female character. That got screen time, and I have other thoughts yeah. on that. But, um, and it felt like they just kind of disregarded her, and like, it, I, that's yeah, that's no, the impression that I got was like <laughs> it was it was like okay, all right, um, the boys are talking about what to do about Thanos, and then Nebula has to speak like just to be like no, the, like this, you know, and so they're all asking each other questions. Until she speaks up and is like, no, this is what you should do. And it was a little frustrating for me that they had this wealth of information right there with her. And she had fought by their side already in Infinity War. So it wasn't like they didn't quite know her. So I just kind of felt like they they overlooked her a lot throughout the movie. Which I guess is what happens, like, is what leads to the imposter nebula situation, right? Like, Mm -hmm. they don't know her, they don't really seem to care to know her, and so, of course, then the fake one gets to come in, and they, like, don't even recognize that that's also their fault, too, for not paying attention to this, and for Tony Stark, who is so paranoid and, you know, is the creator of Ultron... And all of this other stuff, like, he didn't think about things with Nebula either. And so it's like, uh. Yeah. No, I I can agree. Like, she was a wealth of information that they could have definitely leaned more into. Um, And they just didn't. I mean, like, she knows space things. She's literally built with technology that they could have used. Um, And because of that technology within her... I think it brings Thanos back into the picture uh, one, because her R2-D2 hologram projector decides to uh, play as she's talking to War Machine on Morag about the Infinity Stones and the plan, which I found... I'm not sure how I felt about that. It just it randomly glitches. Well, apparently because she shares like some sort of kind of like internet memory network. Yeah. So that kind of glitched when she got in, injured in the fight and then that played the memories from the other her that was from the you know the future um yeah. i think the only reason i really liked her in this movie is because they gave her a lot of things to do and they gave her a lot more scenes to just kind of build up her personality but in terms of like i don't know in terms of like the actual like fight sequences and in terms of like her as like an avenger i don't now that you mention it I, i'd like i think i might have given it too much credit because I think I was just happy seeing her get screen time, really. I, and, that's, and that's the frustrating thing, right? It's like, oh, she was there. Like, she got screen time. But she didn't, really. You know? And so, and, and we're so, at least for me, like, I'm, I'm going to pick Black Widow over Hawkeye every time because she's a girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, and that's where my bias is. And I know that even though as, like, a character, she's really just blah. 
she doesn't have a lot to offer. She can be just as bland as Clint Barton, but it's a girl. And I have so few of those with Marvel that I'm like, ah, no, give me her. I I will take it. And so, and it's kind of the same thing with Nebula. But, like, when I really sat and I thought about it, it's like, no, Nebula kept Tony alive. Mm -hmm. Nebula helped him fix the ship. Yep. To keep it running. Like, she worked with him hand in hand. And then they got back to Earth, and he didn't even look at her. And then she gave the like, location to Thanos, Like, he didn't even give too. her a second, cla- a second glance. Yeah. Like, what? And so it was, it was, it was frustrating for me. No, absolutely. I, I think Tony was just generally annoyed at Captain being there, and they were trying to focus on that, but they completely neglected really just how helpful Nebula was that entire movie, really. But, I don't know. I- I was also kind of shocked how Tony was like, you guys should have listened to me when I said we need a suit of armor. Around the uh, world. Uh, around the world. I was like, I was like, you're still hung up on that? Like, Yeah, but think about who you're talking about, dude. It's Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But. I mean, and to kind of, you know, Bilal and I, we, we've already talked about this, but um, to, to lead into that, that scene at the end where uh, they have all of the female characters, the female heroes oh, yeah. gather yeah. up to protect Captain yeah. Marvel. I had a split second of, fuck yeah, yeah, look at all these girls. <laughs> and then my heart sank because I was like, no, they haven't had any of these characters in any of these movies. This is bullshit. They're pandering to me. Yep. They are trying to placate me 100%. with this nonsense and say, hey, Look at all the female heroes we have. Never mind the fact that all of their screen time adds up to 38 minutes for this total movie. Whatever. Um, <laughs> we've got girls. Yay! We're supporting them. You know, um, Captain Marvel was barely in the movie. Which I understand because she's OP as hell. She is, yeah. But come on, you guys. Well, she saved the day. You just had her movie. Yeah. You know? And then Okoye, they're, like, she's in it for. 30 seconds as a hologram. Yeah, that She's was the really last person who... Yeah. The last named character from Wakanda that's there? And y'all just sidelined her? Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, like, you couldn't have at least her or somebody back manning the technology while you're jumping around with all this PIM tech? With all the PIM particles? You couldn't at least have the faces there? I think... Wh- and so, it's frustrating absolutely i think what they were trying to do was like oh okay well she's taking care of things in wakanda while nebula is out in space and captain marvel's doing other things in space. like they tried giving a little How bit of like exactly exactly they sidelined all of the female characters Precisely. doing things outside yeah i, I was and so then like, you fridge black widow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's another reason that well, scene pissed se- me off sorry go ahead yeah so when the scene uh, happens, when all the female characters show up, I was like, "I'm like, oh, awesome! This is cool." Um, and then at the e- after the movie ended, one of my buddies goes, uh, "He's like, he's like, that was a hundred percent pandering." But I was like, "Yeah, but it's still cool to see." But I, I get it; it's not earned uh, in the long run. But I hope it's a picture of what's to come in the future. See. Uh, and I don't trust it because they've had 10 and, years to give I, me at least some yeah. of that. And they have failed at think, every turn. And I think io9.com, they did uh, I, I really want to get the author's name. So give me a second. But they did a really good 
article about how that scene was not earned. Uh, and I think they're fair in saying so uh, over the years. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because there was a scene right after um, Black Widow died where they're all mourning her. And I realized every single person that's mourning her that's left of the Avengers are all guys. There wasn't a single female character there. And then when I saw that scene uh, towards the, that epic battle sequence and it's nothing but the girls, I'm like, wow, this is kind of just trying to make up for that scene earlier. And I can kind of see that it's like a blatant, like, oh, hey. On top of that, like, don't get me wrong, I think that those female superheroes are amazing in their own respects, but they conveniently were all mustered together at the same location, and some other powers don't even complement each other. It was kind of just, it just seemed too odd of a coincidence and just stood out like a sore thumb, you know? Yeah. When, when you have, when the entire movie you've neglected most of these characters. Yeah. You 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 don't get to give me that small snippet and and have me cheer and praise you for being, uh, these this these feminist storytellers. Yeah. No, you guys you haven't gotten there yet. I mean, they did kick some serious butt, which I did dig, but it yeah, was yeah. I mean, not... Captain Marvel destroyed his ship. Yeah. Well, I mean, like Valkyrie and uh, and what's her name, Scarlet Witch as well. They had some epic scenes, you know. Mm-hmm. But like, it just felt like why are they? I mean. It was great, it's just they stuffed it all in that, like, one moment. And that was the part that that was kind of upsetting. And it's just like, <laughs> really? Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna take some, uh, some earning to get uh, the trust back from that, because... I'll admit, though, sorry, y'all. seeing Scarlet Witch How one-on-one Thanos was awesome, though. I, I like that scene this time around. Because we get a 2014 oh, version of him that learns the truth through Nebulas. Oh, I'm sorry, what did you say? Oh, no, no. I, was, I was saying, like, how did you guys feel about Thanos this time around? Because uh, it's a 2014 version of him, kind of with the same goals, recognizing, like, he knows how the future plays out. Did it, like, I, I feel like it kind of lessened him just, like, a slight bit in my eyes. Well, yeah, because it's... Oh, uh, it, he's a caricature mm-hmm. in yeah. it. Like, he hasn't gone through the growth of of becoming the the Thanos that we know from Infinity War. You know, those couple of years actually were really integral in him learning more about, like, what he's doing. And it seems like in those moments and kind of when we see him in those teeny tiny snippets in the previous movies, he is just this villain who's out for power. Um, and so his response in Infinity War is, all right, look, I'm just here to help the population problem. Like, I'm just here to take half of you. It's going to be painless, and it's going to help you in the long run. It's fine. But then in Endgame, he's like, oh, you guys are punching back? Fine. Uh, Kiss my ass. I'm killing everybody. I'm vaporizing your entire planet. And then rebuilding the universe in his image to be God, basically. Yeah, so he's, he's a completely different character. He's much darker. He doesn't have this love, and I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. I love for his daughter. Um, and so, yeah, he's a, he's a much darker, he's the villain that I think that we have come to expect yes. in these movies. Yes. Got it. And then, uh, no, I was 100% agree, because it's just, he, he just lost all of the appeal in the original uh, movie beforehand, because... I think they just needed to have the epic battle sequence to send all everybody off, honestly. 
So that's yeah. what they got. I don't know. So they had to make him into that caricature. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That battle sequence in, at the beginning of that final hour is everything I could have wanted a- after 22 films. It, it's... Uh, I, I, honestly, like, there was, like... It was just uh, the emotional response of just seeing my favorite characters. Like, you see Spider-Man's grabbing onto Mjolnir <laughs> as he's like interacting with Valkyrie mm-hmm. um flying through the air to get this gauntlet to what's it we're just trying to get this gauntlet to the D- van and I was just like I can't believe I'm actually seeing this on the screen like th- this this is just like a comic like it's a comic book come to life and I know we've gotten like, glimpses of that but this battle was just perfection in my eyes of just the pure madness that I've always wanted to see and really good lighting yes Mm -hmm. i could actually see the dragon this time (laughs) (laughs) okay so just just, just a small jab at game of thrones um if you have an epic cgi battle uh with actors it is really nice for the audience to be able to understand what's happening instead of having to go onto reddit like a few days later and seeing someone slow it down and brighten it up (laughs) so you can actually follow the action (laughs) oh god so since we are kind of running long here um do we want to let's let's go through and talk about the most emotional moment for each of us in the movie oh god i think for me it's tony we haven't talked He's about deaf. Tony, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have it. I've kind of been saving him for last because it's always emotional. <laughs> okay. Well, I, go I ahead. Did... Go ahead and talk about about Tony and how that so, uh, I think. you. I, I think for me, like, it's not just Tony, it's just Robert Downey Jr. in general. Like, it, it, it was, it, I, I didn't expect him. I didn't expect him to be the one to be the one that died. Um, neither did I expect Natasha um, in this film. But, like, the way I was expecting Robert Downey Jr. just to be that Professor Xavier uh, figure after this film, just to, like, pop up like he did in Homecoming for uh, Peter, like, just help guide the next generation where he could. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. is the reason this entire franchise begins. If Because back when Iron Man came out, I remember one of my cousins telling me, Oh, have you seen the trailer for Iron Man? It looks fantastic. I'm like, what are you talking about? Superhero movies suck. <laughs> like, there's been there's been nothing but failures one after the next. They're just like big CGI movies, and the, the script's never good. It's never as entertaining. There's always problems, and and just like Robert Downey Jr. came in, gave a performance that launched a universe. And for me, just like the way he's played, the charisma he's uh, brought to the character. Um, just the, and just the, I guess the journey of like he starts a family uh, in this he's you know he d- didn't want to do it but he does and I think his final line being the f- same final line at the end of the first uh, Iron Man movie I am Iron Man um, it, it, ju- it just hurts and then you have Peter show up and it just it'd be like Mr. Stark it's okay like he can rest now or like mm. uh, was that Pepper uh, like are basically people telling me, you know, thank you for what you did. It's just like my body convulsed during that scene, and I just like my my wife, my best one of my best friends. They were just in tears. Like the audience was sniffling. Like, I think it was a well earned scene, and it, it just absolutely wrecked me. 
I just didn't expect it to be him. Yeah, I don't... I don't know, really. I have much more to add for that. I mean, I kind of thought that both Tony and Cap were going to be the ones to die in this movie. And I just... I love Robert Downey Jr. as Tony. And I think that he plays the role flawlessly. Like, he is Tony Stark. It's, it's fantastic to watch him. But I just... I expected it so much that when it came... I didn't. It didn't have that same emotional impact for me. Hmm. Uh, for me, I saw it pretty much exactly the same way you saw it, Bilal, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I thought he was just going to be kind of the Uncle Ben mentor to Spider-Man for the future mm. films. And um, I, uh, I know this sounds like optimism, but like I thought only Captain was going to go in this movie. I was yeah. completely wrong. Um, it, it was a great sacrificial moments and you kind of knew when he was talking to dr strange it's like one out of however million i don't remember 14 million yeah and it was like well i think right before he does it he even points at him one and it's like you kind of know at that at that scene oh he has to he has he he knows what he has to do and and when he does it you know it's weird because because i thought at first because because at that moment you see thanos fighting um uh, Captain captain marvel and He's getting his butt whipped, but then he pulls one of the stones out of the gauntlet, and he uses, I think, the power stone to punch her in the face. Yeah. And I thought, Brutal. yeah, I know, it was, it was crazy, but I was like, oh, wow. But, like, that introduced this mechanic, oh, you can pull the stones out and use them. So I thought that's what he was trying to do, just pull one of them out and try to use yeah. it against him. I didn't think he was taking the whole gauntlet, and I didn't think he was going to snap. But when I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, that's that's how it goes. But, 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 it's, yeah. but I really like how they didn't spell it out right front because like when they make the new gauntlet out of like when tony makes it a new gauntlet like you see it and they're discussing who's gonna wear it and the hulk's like i'm the only person that can do it you remember what it did to danos um after just two snaps even after the first one uh and like when hulk goes to put it on like it expands because of the nanites uh that are in there and like when tony steps away from Thanos after he snaps and nothing happens and realizes the gems are gone and you see it on uh, Tony's armor, I was just like, oh shit. Yeah. That, that, that's smart. It's <laughs> badass. It is badass. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> but what I also really like about that scene too is, is, you know, Tony has played God so many times and now he literally has the power of one and what he does is he chooses to not undo his this, this reality where he's made a family and stuff, but to just get rid of the threat and keep all his friends alive, you know? Like, it's like, all right, I need to sacrifice myself and just end this now before somebody else gets hurt. I thought that was very honorable. Um, So, yeah, wholeheartedly agree, Tony. Heartbreaking scene, but such a great send-off, you know? Yeah, I didn't want it to be him, but but it was earned. And I think a lot of this movie, it's a lot of fan service. Um, I think we had this conversation with Game of Thrones. like you can do fan service and it can be done poorly it can be done well and this one i think this movie nails it um nearly all at all moments i think it's spread out enough that it's it's okay it, it makes it feel like it's not just a just a three-hour segment of fan service exactly. no, absolutely uh agree with both of you guys the only problem i had with this film was uh it was just rated way too high, in my opinion. And then also the um, the Captain stuff at the very, very end. But yeah. 
I, I think for me, like I, I've stopped reading reviews. I'll take a general glance at like the to- like what the tomato score is. Yeah. Uh, as terrible as that is for the industry. Um, you should be reading reviews. Uh, Dude, I read really so reading. many reviews for everything that I write. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but this was this was a movie where I was just trying not to get spoiled, and I was worried that people would mention stuff. Like, even reading Matt DeGroote's review over at theworkprint.com, which you can look and check out, which is spoiler-free, by the way, um, <laughs> I was still, uh, I was still, like, really antsy, and he's like, no, don't worry, there's no spoilers in there. And I, um, so I was still hesitant on that, but I, I know based off Matt's uh, just taste, I, if he enjoys it, I know for the most part I will as well. Um, so, so, yeah. Uh, so, Christian, for you, was Tony's death, was that the most emotional moment, too? No, for me, and no, this this sounds awful, but for me, it was seeing Thor with his mom. I was just like, oh, because, like, you're a train wreck, buddy, and I, again, I empathize with that emotion right now, but, like... Yeah, like, because I think at that moment I realized, I, like, it finally dawned on me, Thor's lost probably the most out of everyone here, mm-hmm. and it never actually occurred to me just how bad it was until that moment. I was like, wow, I can see why you want your mom, because your life is a train wreck, dude. Romantically, your people, you as a leader, you as a warrior, like, basically everything that made him him undone in these past three movies, basically. So yep. that was that was it for me. Um, for me, and I'm going to try really hard to not get, like, choked up when I even just talk about it, but for me, it was the on your left. Oh, my God. I, like, I'm teary-eyed right now talking about it. That's how much it choked me up when Cap has this moment and he's facing the entire army of Thanos, and then you hear Falcon's voice, and he says, on your left, and then... Black Panther comes out, and then they all just start coming out of the circles. And then um, all of the Wakandan soldiers start doing the chant. Mm -hmm. It was such, with the music, it was such a powerful moment that, like, I don't know that I can think of another movie moment where I felt so, just, so many happy tears. And then the Asgardians, too? That it was worth it, yeah. Yeah. And then the, the sorcerers, too? Oh, my God. Just everybody just everybody coming out of the circles. And it is, like... And when you look at it on paper, it's such a fan service moment. Like, it, it's like, oh, of course the heroes are going to show up now. Like, of course they're going to all come out. And they're all going to, you know, come out in their respective groups or whatever with everyone. And they're going to do their cool moves. Spider-Man's going to swing in. Star-Lord's going to take his helmet off. And it's going to be whatever. But it, like, it didn't matter because... That moment was so earned. They had been beaten the hell down. And Cap, especially in those moments, like, his face when he sees them, when he sees Black Panther step out, and he lets out, like, this sigh. Like, oh, thank God. And it, like, but the music swells, and it just keeps going, and I, like, And then he says, so Avengers Assemble. Avengers oh Assemble. My God. And, and it's the so theater fucking go- good. Did your theaters go down? Yes! Oh, my it? God. It was the craziest experience I've had in the theater since Dark Knight, hands down. Yeah. I think between Molnir and Avengers Assemble, like, like, I, I don't like screaming in a movie, like, cheering too much, but, like, even I lost it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm the first guy to do that. 
so. Oh, yeah, when uh, Captain Marvel comes in and she blows up Thanos' ship, oh. I screamed, that's my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I applauded I, when I, I saw that. I was like, yes! <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I don't want to drag this out too much longer, but like, I think another great emotional moment was Tony and his dad. Oh, yes. um, yeah. The, that, that's a fantastic one. Um, For me, it was Tony seeing Peggy then. I got like really Steve? I or yeah sorry Steve. Oh yeah. yeah. Steve seeing Peggy through the through the glass window. Mm-hmm. Like I love Steve and Peggy. And mm-hmm. I I mean I adore Haley Atwell. Mm-hmm. She's just phenomenal. But him seeing her it just it it got me pretty good. And I know that you Christian don't like the stuff with Steve, but when they got their dance, I cried. Oh no, I di- I I didn't cry, but I love I love that as like the end because it was like it came full circle. The only thing again, yeah. like it it wasn't the cap story. It was just the fact that he time traveled and kind of messed with how time travel works in this weird world. So that was really the only thing that was upset upsetting for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I just realized what happens when Cap goes to Vormir. And sees red skull. Dude, I said that like, earlier. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, it, it just clicked for me. I was just I was, uh, <laughs> that was that's yeah. That's a story in itself. Cap going to return those stones are each like an adventure story on their own. Uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on where they leave off certain storylines? We see Thor hand over <laughs> uh, at New Asgard to Valkyrie. We see uh, Thor joining uh, the Guardians. Or for the Asgardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what else was there? Was there anything that was really handed Wasp on? and Ant-Man working together finally at, at this critical mm-hmm. moment. Because they should have in the Civil War. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so my hopes for the future are to have definitely a more female-centric Avenger team. Ant-Man and the Wasp, obviously. Mm. Um, Captain Marvel. And I would love to see Shuri as kind of the next Iron Man. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Taking on the role of Tony Stark and the the tinkerer there that puts together all the gadgets that they need. Um, maybe some more Valkyrie in place of Thor. Um, yeah, I just... I, I want to see. We could keep Bruce on as like the disgruntled dad. I wonder what happens <laughs> to Scarlet Witch. I want. Oh, I want her there too. Yeah. And so they ha- they've already confirmed the Wandavision, but Vision never comes back. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how does Vision come back? How would he come back? I think it's just in the past, guys. Honestly, they're just. It's not gonna be the present. That's kind of annoying. Mm. Or it's timeline mm-hmm. two again. Timeline two solves a lot of their problems. Yeah, they're just gonna do House of M. Yeah, they could do that too. Oof. Well, they've got. I mean, they've they've they're gonna they're gonna have. Fantastic Four characters now, too. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, I legit cannot wait for a good Doctor Doom. Yo, that is, it's funny they mention that. That. Is, that is my most anticipated. Like, we've had two terrible Fantastic Four movies, mm-hmm. and none of them have done Doctor Doom well. But Doctor Doom is legit one of my favorite Marvel characters. Same. And I need them to cast that well. I need that. I need that better than a than a good cast Captain Marvel. 
I heard a rumor that um, because they've, you know, used Loki, they've used Ultron, they used all the big Avengers villains, the big baddie coming up is going to be Doctor Doom, but it's just a it's just a rumor. It's just a rumor. Not sure. I wonder if there's hell to pay due to timeline shenanigans. I don't know what the deal with the Eternals are, but I know I feel like maybe they're a force to reckon with. I don't know. Um, but they are already I'm not sure if it's confirmed or not, but they're already casting news with Angelina Jolie, mm -hmm. Kumail Nanjiani. Um, I love him. Wait, Kumail's in the Eternals? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I love his Kumail. According, according to casting reports, uh, I don't think it's officially announced just yet, but um, there's enough high, pro like Hollywood Reporter and Variety have already like confirmed through their reports that he's been cast. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um. Oh God, and Tony's daughter, so cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how did you guys yeah, feel about um, Cassie, five years older? Oh, that that was other emotional. That part. was what? an emotional yeah. moment for me too. Yeah. 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 Same. I I was like, so I think the, one of my issues after the movie immediately ended, and I was thinking about the film for a while, was just like you see Cassie, she's she's much older at the end with uh you know it's both Scott and God. What is her name? What is the wasp's name in the movie? Hope. Mm -hmm. When you see Scott and Hope together with the Cassie, uh, I immediately start thinking, I'm like, wait a second. You see Peter and uh, Ned, they're both the same age. They're back at school. And then I quickly thought of the Far From Home trailer. And I'm just like, they all coincidentally got snapped together? Like, mm -hmm. of all the odds. <laughs> I uh, mean, Peter and, and apparently all Ken of Wakanda except for Okoye was apparently snapped, yeah. so... So it's, um... I think according to Kevin Feige, uh, I think from interviews that came out after Endgame came out, he has confirmed, like, all of Peter and his friends got snapped from school. I knew it, it, dude. And, yeah. that, and a part of Far From Home is, like, dealing with the repercussions of like, the world moving on, like, with his some of his cl other classmates that are, you know, not named characters, um, like, dealing with the five-year gap, and so on and so forth. Hmm. I think one of my favorite... Uh, tweets was earlier today somebody goes how does earth deal with all like half its population coming back when nobody's like dealing with food production or like real estate oh we like, have had some serious like <laughs> what if conversations in yeah. our group chats about like how do you come back from this scenario right because like you think about even from a, a in infrastructure standpoint yeah you know the the things that must have happened like in the united states you're probably not too worried about nuclear plants melting down but like in other parts of the world that's a legit concern I think and in five years you don't have to worry according to the 100 well, on cw <laughs> okay so but you do have to worry about how these systems are poorly maintained you know because yeah. you don't have the same manpower you're not you're not using up the same amount of resources so but if you're not maintaining them correctly and then when you go back five years later to up their capacity back to 100 to what they were, and oh you've maintained them poorly for five years, you have some serious disasters on your hand. So You are correct. My only thought about that is superheroes. That's how you solve that problem. I mean, Bruce, Bruce yeah. Banner. But, I mean, you think, like, the streets are just lined with garbage. Can you imagine being a garbage man and being snapped back and seeing that? 
I'd be like, no, I quit. Even better? <laughs> no, I'm not too Can you imagine being an Avenger and your job is to collect the garbage? Because there's too much of it. <laughs> oh, man. Like... I know, th- I know they're probably just going to glaze over all this infrastructure stuff. I doubt it's going to be... Uh, there might be, like, one villain or minor villain somewhere in the future that's just like, oh, being snapped back ruined my life. Nothing was the same again. Uh, but uh, I think they glaze o- over all of it. We'll see. I think. Yeah. Uh, guys, any final thoughts? Ratings you want to give the movie? Uh, I can give it a 9.7. Hmm. Hi. I love it. My favorite. I think it's my favorite uh, in the entire uh, twenty-two film. Cool. Wow. Um, I think I think I'm gonna go with Christian on this one. I would say it's like a nine point two for me. Hmm. And what do you say is your favorite from the twenty-two films? I will always have a very soft spot for um, the first Captain America movie. <laughs> that has. That has been the top of my list for a very long time. Um, but I also, obviously, Captain Marvel is going to be up there. Um, and I love Black Panther and Thor Ragnarok, so I I like all of those more than I like Endgame. Hmm. Oh, Good wow. choice. Okay. I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, for me, as I mentioned, 9.3 out of 10, but I expected a 9.8 out of 10. Um that's really it like I, it was a great movie overall and it did a lot of great fan service but um i guess there just wasn't as crazy as i thought it was going to be it's it's exhausting it's draining like it's mm-hmm. not a movie that i'm gonna go back and watch often like i watched captain marvel three times nice. on opening weekend and um and i could still sit and watch it again and i there's i think you guys have you've Christian, you've already seen it twice. Yeah. Bilal, you're going to see it again. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a while before I sit and watch Endgame again. That's how I was with Infinity War. I think Infinity War was the one where I just can't go back and watch it too many times. Um, yeah. But see, I don't know. I, I, for me, it's pulling off a feat this grand and being able to, after 22 films, pull something like this off is incredible. I, I agree. I agree with that, too. Yeah. No, but I, I, I'm not gonna be like you guys are wrong in your choices. Like I think Thor Ragnarok is a film that brings the change that MCU drastically needs. Yeah. Um, in terms of tone and style, um, so hopefully, heading into Phase Two, we see more stuff like Captain Marvel, Black Panther, oh, and Thor Ragnarok. Phase Four. Oh, say, but yeah, my it's, bad. I know it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, can't believe how far this has gone. And think about it. The next time we get a endgame-esque um event i will likely have like a child that will be into this oh my does like... maliha know um, <laughs> yeah no i'm pretty sure she's on board with this um i love that i love that his voice changed enough so you could tell that he looked back at wherever maliha is in the room to like kind of you know get the the visual cue you know like yeah. is that okay yeah, and, and my uh, whoever my child is gonna, is gonna complain that these 4K Blu-rays I have of like the Phase One to Three are uh, not clear enough for our 16K TV. Yeah, we should just be using these as frisbees in the backyard. Yeah, these the holograms. Dog. Where's the yeah. hologram? <laughs> it's nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wrap up. Yes. Well. Wrap 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 up. You guys can catch us all over at theworkprint.com. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me at Bilal underscore Mia. 
on Twitter. Uh, Jen, where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff at Jen Stayrook. And Christian? Uh, you can find me as uh, Christian Angelus on Facebook, XN underscore Angelus on Twitter, and XN Angelus on Instagram. Yeah, and you can always follow the work print at the work print on everything. Yes. Literally everything. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back uh, on Tuesday with a new episode of uh, Game of Thrones and possibly Detective Pikachu sometime in the near future, uh, depending on schedules. <laughs> um, we love you 3000. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Excelsior.